This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. All right, it's another episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. I am Josue Pavone. He is Cedric Maxwell. We got plenty of headlines involving Kevin Durant and the Boston Celtics. But first thing first, man, we got to pay homage to the great one, to the legend, the basketball legend, the Celtics legend, Mr. Basketball himself, that's Bill Russell, the 11-time NBA champion, uh, just the, the face of this franchise. Man, we, we, we've talked a lot about Bill Russell throughout this podcast, maybe not the past year or so, but when we first started this thing, uh, we, we, you, you had so much to, to, to say about him. And of course, the NBA now celebrating his legacy by retiring the number six for all 30 NBA teams. That's right. Of course, the players that do wear the number six right now are grandfathered in. But moving forward, there will not be any new players rocking that number. They will retire it. And I'm so happy that the, that, that the NBA is doing this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm elated. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's obviously well-deserved. And it sends the right message, right? I mean, this is exactly what I, I wanted the NBA to do. Yeah, it really does. I think it was an, a great opportunity for the league to do what they they needed to do. When you start talking about he's won more championships than anybody else, he, you're talking about um, the uh, finals award, the MVP, that's named after Bill Russell. Um, people in Philly might have a little objection there because number six belonged to Julius the Dr. Irving. Oh, that's right. That's right. So well, he's not playing there. anymore, Max. Well, yeah, there's right. still people in there who say, you know, that was the doc's number. But, uh, you know, I do understand it. I I appreciate it. Uh, the fact that, you know, the thing that I, I have harped on many times uh, right after Mr. Russell died was just the fact that we we always give people their flowers after they pass away. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's really sad. Uh, because you look back on it, you go on Bill Russell, again, can't even argue the point. He was the greatest winner in sports, in our major sports right now. 11 championships. Tom Brady possibly getting six rings or whatever he's at, but Bill Russell at 11 and did it eight times and did it on top of that, being a player coach. Uh, eight which, in a row. Which is, which, which is surreal. Uh, you know, Bill Russell, I remember, was – uh, you know, a bunch of people that uh, have the check and everybody else was around him. But all of a sudden, Red Arback stepped down and everybody was like, well, who's going to replace Red? And Red said, well, Bill Russell. Bill Russell said, yeah, I can replace Red. And uh, Red talked him into it uh, reluctantly and um, won the championship. You can see many times him walking off the floor and then going right to the 
the head of the bench and talking as a coach. That to me just had to be uh, unbelievable when you think about the pressure that was on him. Uh, made me so yeah. proud. So proud as being just a black man. And the fact of his stance, the stances he took, who he was as a person. And we could talk about his basketball accolades all we want to, but he was a better person than he was a basketball player. And that's hard mm-hmm. to say, considering he's probably one of the greatest players of all time to ever to step on the floor in the NBA. No question. And I love how he, he stuck around, right? He was there to, to mentor guys. He was always around the game. You know, you think about everything he went through living in Boston and the racism that he felt or he went through, I should say. But he didn't let that, you know, overshadow what he thought was important in terms of sharing his story, sharing his legacy, staying around the game, mentoring guys. I mean, I can't forget about the conversation he had with, with, with Kevin Garnett before he was a champion, right? Talking about he envisioned him seeing, you know, he saw Garnett being able to win one or two championships in Boston. And obviously they did win one, but for him to say that before it happened, it was like set in stone and it meant so much because it came from Bill Russell, you know? And, and I just think that's something that you don't see a whole lot of in, in other you know, leagues, right? You know, someone like that who sticks around, who, who people who, who they revere, and he, he has such a unique story, such a unique background that's obviously resonates with this generation and the ones prior to that you know it's just it's it's a continued legacy and i love that the nba is doing this because that way it's it lives on forever let's not go that far he also had another thing a deviant side in which i i've caught many times whenever i would see mr russell i give him this oh, man, you mean when you he would look at me and the first thing he would do he'd give me the finger he would always <laughs> give me the finger and just cackle it wasn't a laugh it was a cackle and i'd ask him i'm like why do you, why are you doing that and what he his reaction was always the same thing he'd give me another finger and if he <laughs> liked you if bill russell liked you he gave you the finger if he shook your hand that probably means he didn't like you and you think about who he was and i know people say well cedric maxwell a legend with the boston Celtics. i'd like for you to speak about another legend with the, with the Boston Celtics, and that was Bill Russell. And I said, let me make sure I say this so we, we, everybody understands it. Bill Russell is a legend. I'm just a guy who played there with the Celtics. Played well, obviously, but played with the Celtics. Bill Russell was there on the front lines, man. Eight championships in a row, player coach, first black coach in the NBA. Right. I Maybe the first black coach in, in North America in the major sports. and and even here's another thing. He was on the line. When Martin Luther King gave his famous speech, I have a dream. Bill Russell was sitting on the front row. He, he, he was on the front row. He was there with Muhammad Ali. There's a famous picture of Muhammad Ali, um, Russell, Chamberlain. Um, they had all the greats that were there at that time. Jim Brown. And they were all talking about social issues. And that to me is that that's that's putting it out there, considering I think and, and I'm not talking kicking at Michael Jordan, but that's just who he, he wasn't that person. And right. for the most part, during my era, uh, during the 80s, I don't think that any of our players were like that. But then you look at the players now, it's almost their kickback to Bill Russell. When you think about LeBron, what he's doing, you think about Jalen Brown, what he's doing, you think about how players have stood up and used their platform 
in a way that was going to affect other people instead of just saying, you know, I'm a basketball player, like Charles right. Barkley, which I'm, I'm just a basketball player. So right. I, I, or shut I, up and dribble. I think yeah, that someone I, said. I, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, the shut up and dribble, that was such an insult to anybody who's ever played the game, considering the guys now what they're doing. You know, LeBron James, shut up and dribble. When you think about what he's done and how he's affected his community, you know, if we can all affect our community in just an a, a, a inch of the way LeBron James has affected his community, man, we'd be so much better off for it because he is not only using his money and his platform to really showcase what he believes, but he's also educating kids. And what's the thing they say about in against the in with the black colleges? You know, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. LeBron James yeah. puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah, I mean, the I promise school, the, the, the way he's giving back, the way he speaks up on you know, speaks up on, on the current events of what's going on political issues yeah no question I mean I that's a great point Max you don't you look back to players of the 80s and 90s, I mean obviously there's the Michael Jordan quote that you know conservatives buy sneakers too and that was something that stuck with them for a long time but I think it is relevant when you think about guys of that era you know guys who were just sticking to basketball and not necessarily speaking out on things that were going on throughout the throughout the country throughout the U.S. yeah yeah I was point. I happened to be in that era and that's what we were we were very conservative when it came to race relations and issues and how things were formed in the NBA. And now it's a whole nother era with LeBron's of the world, the Brogdon's of the world. These guys are taking a political stand. Even the league, this is the biggest thing. We talk about the league would have never taken a stance when it came to Black Lives Matter. The league wouldn't have done that. And then all of a sudden the league has all the pressure from its players and they respond by saying, look, Black Lives Matter. They put it on the floor when they yeah. played a game. Yeah. They had it on T-shirts. So the, the league and, and the players are in a whole nother level of relationships with their communities that we, you know, unfortunately, we weren't. We weren't there as players. Wish your team could find some next level talent. When your business needs someone with the right skills fast, you need Indeed. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Indeed investments help take the stress out of the hiring process. Your candidates get to prove themselves before the interview and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. With Indeed assessments, you can select for the skills that matter to you most. Add from a selection of over 100 hard and soft skill tests to your job post and hone in on the candidates with the right skills faster. Indeed assessments can give you a window into how candidates will be on the job. On average, applicants who have scored highly proficient or higher on their reliability assessment were nearly eight times more likely to consistently attend work, according to Indeed data. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you can pay for applicants that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Maxwell. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Maxwell. 
That's Indeed.com slash Maxwell. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, it's in a good way. And people like to look at the high, like the bad things about quote unquote player empowerment in the NBA, but there's a lot of good in there. You know, there's a lot of uh, positive influence out there for an entire younger generation that they can follow and lead and, and spreading a lot of the positivity, you know, getting into those conversations, bringing it to the forefront, having those awkward conversations, which we, we, we talked about a couple of years ago during 2020, you know, when, when, when everyone was forced to do it because of uh, the pandemic and because of the downtime and because it was out there because of what the, the injustices that were going on around across the U.S., you know, and, and who was out there too doing the same thing, hopping on social media and taking a knee, Bill Russell, right? Like, like that's, that was the, the, the he set the standard, it, it feels like, right? And for now, this younger generation to sort of pick up that, uh, you know, that baton that, that, he's, that he's carrying, but he continued to carry until the end. And, and it's just truly remarkable, you know? You think and you say that, and I think it's so true. And I hope everybody understands this, that when you look back, and, and let's look back to a recent time in our lives, Rodney King. That happened during our lifetime, to seeing this mm. black man get beat down by the police. On what camera. Was the, what was the response of, of athletes around that, you know, was there, was there a, a concerted effort by athletes at that time to come together and talk about it or to highlight this? I, I don't remember it, you know, during my time. I don't, I don't remember that at all. But mm. if that happened today, like to George Floyd, athletes are standing up and protesting. I mean, you think about when George Floyd happened and there was a verdict going out there, the players wanted to sit out. They wanted no. to sit out a game and protest that way. And I think they were talked into another direction, but that's what they, that was one of their responses. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And it's happened throughout sports right now when we start thinking about athletes. And that all stems from people like Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, uh, Jim Brown, uh, those guys. Even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in the midst of this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. during the 60s when a lot of this stuff had happened. Talk about Bill Russell. Talk about Will Chamberlain. How great they were as competitors. Here's the crazy thing. You think I'd have, you know, if I was playing today, you think I'd have LeBron James over my house to eat? And, and then my mom said, you could, you could sleep in my bed afterwards and take a nap? Hell no. <laughs> but that, but they had, but the You're players. Like, mom, what's this guy doing here? <laughs> yeah, but, but the players had to do that at that time because of the circumstances of segregation. Bill Russell talked about it in many ways of saying, look, Will Chamberlain, Came to I went to Wilkes' house and I ate food in his mom at, at his mom's house. She cooked for us, mm-hmm. and then she allowed me to go take a nap in Wilkes' bed. I mean, th- that is just because of segregation and what those got. That that was a band of brothers when I think about mm-hmm. it and what they had to do. And there was another name, Sam Jones. Sam Jones told me a great story how he was 
uh, in Fort Wayne at the lunch counter. He was a hey, Max. I was always the fastest one. So I got my food and I got my tray and I walked up to the front of the line and I was going to cat and the cashier looked at me. She said, sir, we don't serve colors. And that was terrible. You know, you, you think about that as just how that was as a player. You could play. You could play for white folks at the time, but you couldn't go eat where they ate. You had to. I can't imagine. You had to find another area, another place. And if you guys really want to think about it, and I hope you subscribe to this because you're going to make us stronger. But go back and look at the Green the Green Book. It was a movie which was mm. recently, maybe five or six years ago. I think it might have won an Academy Award. But they were talking about that. Great movie. The injustices that were served during the 60s. The Green Book represented a, it was actually a Green Book, which had places that, get this word right, that colors could go eat throughout the South, throughout the North. And that was a book that would go to these different places. And finally got down to North Carolina. He couldn't, he was a, a great pianist. He couldn't eat at, a, at a, a guy's home he couldn't use the bathroom, excuse me, at a gentleman's home that he was actually playing for um, his friends and his family in his house. And he said, I need to use the bathroom. The guy pointed and said, there, there's an outhouse out there. That's where you go. And he said, wait a minute, I'm playing for you. Here's the bathroom right here. And the guy said, well, you can't use my bathroom. You have to go back all the way. He said, well, I have to go back to my hotel and that's going to take 20 minutes. He said, well, I think we got time here for you to be back on time. And so you you can't even imagine just, you know, how that is so devastating. My father was involved in that. During the 60s, we came back through um, Waycross, Georgia. And my brother and I happened to go in the bathroom. Nobody saw us. My mother and my sister were following us. And the gentleman told my mother and my sister, baby sister, no, you, you don't go to this bathroom. Your bathroom is out in the grease pits. My father had just got back from Vietnam where he was wounded. He said, and my father was like, wait a minute. What do you mean? I just fought for this country. I almost died for this country. I almost, I put my life on the line. And, and I can't go to the bathroom? The, the, I can't go to the bathroom. If I mean, if you are listening to this and it registers in your mind, I'd love for you to just think of that. That you couldn't, that you fought for this country, you almost died for this country, but you could not go to the men's room. Your family couldn't, was not supposed to go to the men's room. They had to go out in the grease pit. So the, the injustices that was during that time, and you know, and, and I think that's the thing between you and I, which is really different, that we live in a different society now. A lot of things are, are you know, haven't changed, but a lot of things that have. And the fact that you know nothing about that. Just when knows nothing about, you know, mm-hmm. colored, you know, water fountains. Colored bathrooms. Doctor's rooms or getting on the bus and, you know, uh, color area, you know, colors here. They, or They split the beach, right? If I'm not mistaken, you told me yeah, that there was a they was split at the, the beach. At the beach in South Carolina, it was something called Atlantic Beach that you would go to the beach. And literally they had a chain link fence. In the middle of the beach, which ran the out, ocean. About, about, the, the went, went out ocean about two, for everybody, right? Went went out about two football fields long. Why was it there? And as a little boy, I tried to think of that, but thinking back on it now, it was so black people couldn't get in white water. It's, 
couldn't get in white white water. water in the ocean, come. Max. This isn't the pool. Yes. This is the fucking yeah. ocean we're talking about, right? This, this was the ocean at Myrtle Beach. So, I, I mean, I know we're, we're off on the tirade, but that is, that's, that's the life. And that was the era of Bill Russell. And you think about it. How could you win so many championships? Even at the Boston Garden, they talked mm-hmm. about it, how the Celtics were winning championships and couldn't sell out. And the Bruins could. What was the reason? Because people were not respecting black players at that time. I mean, that's very, very simple, very clear. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league including Major League Baseball, NFL, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and features. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Unbelievable. And shout out to Red Auerbach, bro. Not obviously making the move, but putting out the the, the first starting five of uh, all black starting five lineup. And, and I'm sure the, a lot of those fans didn't appreciate that. Bill that Russell, everyone. Bill Russell, and 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 you know you talk about Red Auerbach. Red Auerbach didn't give a damn about white, black, green, yellow. He didn't care. He cared about one thing that was winning, putting the best product on the table. And I think that's all we want as athletes, as people. As Martin Luther King said, you know, it's not the what's it, the content of my something about character and the color of my yeah, skin. Yeah, not the it's color of my skin. It's the content of my judge me by yeah, the content of my character, not the color and, of my skin. Yeah. And and that is that's all we want as people right. to be judged in that way. Uh, when you meet people, you can you. I've met great white people. A lot of great white people make great, great black people. And you get an understanding of people. But then all of a sudden, you'll, you'll get that one black or you'll get that one white. And they'll give you a whole nother look of what mm. racial, race relationships are to them. Yeah, but know, let me I show have, you how. I have one, a great one, Joe Sway. Didn't mean to cut what you, you off. Actually, was no, what you got? Actually, actually 1984. I uh, just bought a brand new Mercedes convertible and I'm leaving the gym. Young Max. Okay. Put the top, put the top down. I'm riding down, riding down the street in Charlotte called, called Independence and traffic's a little slow in this one area. And as I'm coming up, I'm the next car and I see there was a gentleman who, who had a hood on, Ku Klux Klan. Handing out flyers. What? I thought you meant like a hood, like a I was, oh, I, was, no, I was the next car up. When he looked at me, he looked at me like, what the, what the fuck is this? Where did he get this car from? And I looked at him like, duh. That's right. So, so yeah, those, those, those situations are, are still in my lifetime. And I'm talking about 1984, but. We can just say most recently, wasn't it in Boston where they had the Proud Boys or who was that in Boston? Um, There's a bunch of people who came through Boston, uh, through City yeah. Hall. It was mm-hmm. on the uh, the train, uh, all hooded up and with masks over their heads. So, 
that's not think that it just happens here and it's it's gone. It's it's still alive. It's still alive and well. And 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 I think that's what again why I'm talking. I'm so proud of who Bill Russell was as a person, and I'm proud of him as a basketball player, but more proud who he was as a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up that MLK call because I, I think it's spot on when you think about the, when you see diversity in sports and how it's, it just doesn't matter. Right. I mean, you get to know people, you get to know your teammates, you get to know the, who they are on the court, off the court, you're traveling together. And all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a minute, this guy's just like me. You know, he wants the same things in life, enjoys life the same way, you know, the, the, to judge someone by the content of the character to really get to know somebody before saying, Oh, wait, I don't like that guy from the moment. I see this, the, the color of his skin, you know, and, and I think that's what that has a lot to do. And I'm sure you can relate to this too, Matt, you know, what, what you see in sports, that, that sort of unity and, and, and how, uh, you know, two, two different people, completely different people can find common ground, not just in a sport, but in life, you know, and, and I think that's spot on. Well, you know, you, you talk about that and I think we all have biases, uh, which are out there and, and we're all ignorant to the fact. Uh, I've told the story many times about the great Larry Bird, the first time I played him. You know, oh, yeah. That's right. was, Cedric Maxwell was the best black player in the world at that time for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> after 20 and 10. And Larry Bird walked on the court. Larry, then Larry like, pulled up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I'm still the king of the, king of the mountain. I'm not getting off the mountain without a fight. And so, you know, Larry, me and Larry go heads up uh, for a couple of practices. And, you know, I'm busting his ass, but equally, he's busting my ass, too, uh, on, <laughs> on his end of the floor. And I remember after don't practice. Sleep on the, don't sleep on that dude from French Lick. All right? Yeah, I remember, I remember and I've told this story many times before, but I, but I remember right after practice, after that first practice, I walked up to the first black person I could see, one of my teammates, and said, you know what? That fucking white guy can play right there. But that was, <laughs> but it was, was my ignorance based on who he was, the color of his skin, is how I was judging him. So we've all had our biases, but then sometimes we get those rude awakenings like I did with young Mr. Bird and who he was. And I remember many players after that, the first thing they'd say was, yo, man, Cornbread, how's that that Bird kid? I said, find out for yourself. (laughs) So, yeah, that, that, that was there. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. A fair part of that story is that you had to find a black person, though, right? Let me find someone. <laughs> had to. But see, it wasn't hard at the time because, you know, our team. You should have been like, for the record. Was, our team was full of black players at that time uh, with the Celtics. But it just remembered that, you know, being so clear, like, I couldn't wait to get off the floor and, you know, walk into a person of color going, who had been on the floor with me. And we just you know, locked eyes. And I'm like, yep, yep, that happened. <laughs> That did happen. 
All right, Max. Let's uh, let's transition to uh, this is Kevin Durant stuff, and I'm just gonna flat out ask you, man: Is this gonna even happen? Is this? Are you over it at this point? It's been a couple of weeks now. Is it one of those like we still have to wait and see, or is it one of those that if it was going to happen, it would have happened already? Like, which one is it? You call I, it. You tell you know, me. I, I don't know because, and then I, we'll get into the reports. We'll get to the I reports. remember when I got traded for Bill Walton, and they started talking about that at the end of the season. And it didn't happen until maybe late August that I actually got traded for Bill Walton going out to the Hold on, hold on, hold on. They were talking about trading you in general, or they were talking about that that trade specifically right after the season? And once I got hurt in 1985, they started talking about at that time, Kevin started playing great, and I understood that. And they wanted to, you know, just solidify that spot for him. And I understood that. And, it, and, and you know, it, it started from the beginning. I remember being in the locker room that day, and we all talked about it. After we we lost uh, to the Lakers, uh, myself, ML Carr, and Quinn Buckner were all in the locker room. We were all in, we were all in the training equipment room, and we were all shedding tears because we knew that the era had gone. And I said, I probably won't be here. But it took from June until late August by the time I got traded. Now, will it happen? Can it happen? Yeah, it can happen. Uh, I think that uh, here's the thing about it. The Celtics are not the desperate team. Mm-hmm. And right now, Brooklyn, the more the, the more you think about it, the Brooklyn has to be is getting more pressure on them because you don't want to go into the season having your best player saying, I don't want to be here. Uh, you know, what he said or reportedly said that it's me or he told the owner, he went to, I want to say London, yep. and spoke to the owner of yep. the team or the Joe governor Sy. of the Joe Sy, this is from the uh, athletic couple of owners. Told, yeah, Joe yeah. Sy. And told, and told him, look, you either fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks, the general manager, Both of them. Or, or I don't want to be here. And um, reportedly, it came out that the owner, the governor of the team of, of, New, of the Nets said, look, I am completely behind our coaches and our management. So now you're, you're pushing yourself more into a corner. And so it, it has, it has to happen. And what's yeah. the best, what's the best prospect out there? Everybody keeps saying this one person is Jalen Brown is the linchpin. And I love Jalen Brown. Absolutely. You know, I've talked about Jalen Brown yeah. over and over again is one of my favorite players, but if a trade was to happen, I would be thinking like, yep, that was a good trade because Red Arbeck said it best. You cannot, you cannot fall in love with the assets or the players. What can make your team better? And Kevin Durant, and this is the big thing that nobody's thinking about. Kevin Durant, come if he came to Boston, he'd be coming to Boston with this, on the pretty much the same plane as Kevin Garnett once he got here still having that much in the tank. And so I, I think that if, if I'm the Celtics and, and if you're Brad Stevens, do you want to roll those dice? And I think that's the question that comes to mind. Do you, will you, are you willing to roll the dice? If I'm them, you're asking me, them dice are already rolled. I mean, I want to keep, I, I want to keep Marcus, but if, if Jalen and, and Jalen shouldn't, Everybody keeps saying, oh, my Jalen, his feelings are going to be hurt because his name was mentioned in trades. 
dude, we're talking about one of the best players right now in the world that they're talking yeah. about behind your name of making a trade. I remember one time before it was uh, Tatum's name was brought up when they started talking about New Orleans and Anthony Davis. If mm-hmm. Anthony Davis would have told the Celtics, I'm committed to a long-term deal, Jason Tatum would have been gone. Jason Tatum would have been down in New Orleans. But because Anthony Davis said, I'm not, I don't want a long-term deal. I'm going to be a rental wherever I go. The Celtics didn't make that move. And I talked to Tatum about that. I said, as his dad came to me and I I was on rate, I was on air one time and talked about it. I said, yeah, I make that trade. And his dad came to me and said, uh, I heard Uh what you said, son, you know, you trade him. And, uh, I said, and? And he looked at me, <laughs> you know, looked to the side and said, I make that deal too. <laughs> and then I, talk, <laughs> then I talked to Tatum later on, and Tatum said the same thing to me. He said, if my name is mentioned for one of the best players right now in the world and they can make a trade, I would make that trade too. So I will hope that Jalen would understand one thing. And this is all about business. At the end of the day, my brother, yeah. it's all about business. Don't, don't take it personal. It's all about business. And a lot of great players have moved on to other places. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if you're telling me right now I had an opportunity to go out and get Kevin Durant, I make that move. I think that's exactly how Jalen has to look at it too, right? He has to look at it as like, one, it's a business. Your name's going to float out there. And two, hey, that's a compliment, right? If I'm if I'm the centerpiece of the deal, and I'm not just the centerpiece for, for a proposed uh, offer from the Celtics, but the centerpiece of all centerpieces that we've been hearing throughout, right? Whether it's the teams like the Toronto Raptors, the Miami Heat, no other player being mentioned is as good as Jalen. But I'm glad you brought up Marcus Smart because here's the report out of uh, SNY's Ian Bagley that I think it, it speaks volumes for 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 what this for what the Nets are in this situation, right? And that report is uh, Kevin Durant saying that he would love if he was were to mm-hmm. be traded to Boston to play with Marcus Smart. Now, yeah. what I mean by that is I think this is a good thing for the Nets because it gets all the other teams thinking let's ante up our offer you know what let's throw an extra piece in there so if if, if they can't get they can't pry Marcus Smart from Boston let's show them what we got you know let's show them our cards let's, let's just go all out and, and see if we can put together the package deal you know whatever it takes right I just think all of this is leverage for the Brooklyn Nets for them to field in through you know, comb through the offers the best that they can get and right now with this report of them meeting this this meeting between them and, and Kevin Durant and going the way it is, and they're saying, look, we're sticking to our guns and we'll trade you if we have to trade you, that only makes them more excited, right? Other teams that are that are drooling over Kevin Durant, Toronto Raptors or the Miami Heat or possibly the Philadelphia 76ers in, in a new report. Wait, know, what is, that's what this is about. What, what, I don't what think is, it's about the Celtics. What is this thing you're on? You, are you on something called Garden Report or what is it called? Garden? I am. That's one of my... What, what, what do they call it? Garden Report? The Guard Report is one of my platforms, yeah. Guard Report is one of your platforms. And here's the thing, I, to everybody who was up there, this is what really got me. Hold on, let me get my demonstration here. And get my demonstration here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's trying? Who's trying the Guard Report? Oh, oh, oh Jalen, oh, his feelings, they might be hurt. And I just feel so bad that they could. Then, oh, you know, how is he going to take this? He's, He's not going to play well. Yeah, look, he doesn't hurt his feelings. Look, he's going to take it as a grown damn man. That's where he's going to take it. And that's what this league is about. You know, he's not a little kid. He's been in this league. He's, in seen high guys, he's seen guys get traded. But I, I love the guys on the Garden Report because, oh, 
oh my God, his feelings might get hurt. And all we thinking about, oh, his feelings could get hurt, so he might be going someplace else later on. That's just the way it is. This isn't about sports in, anymore. It's about it's about movement of players, players making demands, getting contracts. The Celtics are in a great position. They have Marcus Smart with a long-term deal. They have Tatum right now. They have Brown right now. Um, they have the time Robert. right now. Yep. They, have, they have all Marcus these guys. Got a, Marcus' new contract just started. They yep. have their assets right now that, that are movable pieces. They did a great job. Danny Ainge did a pretty good job. Brad Stevens did a great job of signing these guys to long-term deals and deals that can be worked and moved around. So if, if you know anything about the game, don't feel, don't feel that bad. I mean, the, the Garden Report guys, I, I love you. You know, you, you're my, you know, you're my brothers in arms, but man, come on. Get, get off, get <laughs> off the pot. You know, when you're going to, to the pot and you got to use it, you know, either get in that shit or get off the pot. That's what they'll say. <laughs> That's what that saying comes from. The Garden Report. I'm telling all my guys on the Garden Report exactly that. It's like, poor Jalen. Can we think about how his feelings might be? And oh, I'm looking at these guys, and I happen to see one of the the shows that they had on. I'm like, are, are we serious here? That we're <laughs> that we're talking about a guy's feelings now and what he might think, and oh, because his name was mentioned in a trade that he could be so small. And this is, you think about Jalen. Jalen Brown is very intelligent, super intelligent. You think of some of the things he said and his stances about Black Lives Matter, and you listen to him talk, very analytical. If he can't understand that your name is mentioned, could be mentioned in trading one of the best players right now in the world to your franchise for you, then, then you, you're not the person I thought you were. Yeah, yeah. And you look at you look at you the, want me to get his career. You want me to go, go back? <laughs> no, no, we don't need to do that. Now we're good. <laughs> Listen, I'm with you, Max. You look at you look at his career up until this point. He gets better and better every single year. He 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 tool he fixes something about his game every single season. And now this year, going into this new season, my only thing is that the handles. Limit the turnovers, man. I oh, want to yeah. see this guy, whatever it takes, the, the, the pool workouts, the balance workout, whatever it takes for him to take care of that basketball this upcoming mm-hmm. season. I, I'm, I'm excited to see oh, it. But dude, I, dude, there, there that's my prediction. No, He's going to get better. He gets better there, every year. So there, he'll take this no, a stride. But that's why, that's why they're talking in those terms of who they want to get. They want to get somebody back who is a potential all-star. And, and mind you, I was the same kind of person that sat around when Al Jefferson, people like who Al Jefferson? Well, Al Jefferson at one time Look played him up, with guys. and was the youngins a, watching. Look or him up. he, I think his second year in the league, oh, was just dynamic in the post. Could score on anybody. It was like just you, you could see him going to that next level. Myself back and to the, back to the basket all, too. Old we we all talked about it. We'd like, oh my God, this kid is. A, and then all of a sudden, you hear these rumors about getting Kevin Durant, getting Kevin Garnett, getting Kevin Durant. And I'm like, come on, man. We can't, you can't trade an up-and-coming star like that for a guy who's a great player, but, you know, still right now can look over the hill. Well, <laughs> see, see, hold on, hold on, Max. You were saying that, and I was uh, – teenage me was like – what was I saying? I was like, 
Minnesota would never do that. I, I just didn't I just didn't yeah. see it. I just it was too big. We've never seen yeah, it. Absolutely. Like, Minnesota's not gonna do that. But that you wrong. think that but you didn't think that Minnesota would give up you, I, it was it was a great it was a bunch low a bunch of players who right. turned out and then, big, exactly I am thinking two or three players. I didn't expect yeah. seven players for yeah, Kevin seven, Garnett. Like, seven players that was unheard of at the time. For Kevin Garnett and draft picks, you think like I can't. That can't happen. You can't give up. And then you see Kevin Garnett in the first game he played, you're going, oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then I'll give – and this is one way I have to give my my broadcast partner, John Grandy, his props. John Grandy was on the train of, yeah, you got to get this guy. But John Grandy had been uh, on the microphone. And oh, Washington, he was in Minnesota. Yeah, in Minnesota, in Minnesota right? yeah, yeah. for you know, for for the big tickets is is uh, is going is coming out years and seeing who he was and uh, he couldn't he couldn't have been more true and I hate mm-hmm. to give him credit like that for that particular thing <laughs> with that guy and yeah. could this be the could this be the same thing? It's a possibility. Again, we're talking about I know it's apples and oranges, but you're still yeah. talking. I'm glad you said that. Kevin Durant, who is averaging right now about 30 points a game. 30. Right. Right. On a good on, on a on a on a good day, on a really good day, he's gonna give you, he's gonna give you 40. And he's a right. guy that if you need a bucket, need a bucket, you go with that guy in the clutch, man. And you you can see what he does when he you think he essentially had to carry that team in Brooklyn. And then this year, I think he was just really disgusted the way things had gone down with Kyrie. And I think he was affected in that way. And you see how it is when he's right now talking about trade demands and wanting to be out of Brooklyn. The only, yeah, thing, see, that bothered, I, the only thing that bothers him to me is the fact this is the same guy who was on a dynasty in I Golden know, right? State. A dynasty. They could have like five chips by now. A dynasty. He did, dude. If you don't leave there, you're on a you. You're. I don't think you're gonna be Russell like and winning eight in a row. But you, you're, you're rolling right now. Yeah, yeah. You had you. They, they would have won in the bubble. I tell you oh, that much, Max. I, I think they won the was, bubble. Dude, that dude was a machine. Kevin, oh, Kevin Durant. What well, Kevin Durant was a machine. Now he's had a couple of years where he's got hurt. He's had some Achilles issues, stuff like that. But he had Achilles issues and came back this year and dropped thirty. I watched him during a summer league, and yeah, obviously it was a summer league pickup game. He was playing against other NBA players. And what you look for, what players look for, are tendencies of what this guy has in the tank. It's like boxers say, okay, Mike Tyson at the end, he was a one-punch guy. That was it. Kevin Durant's not like that. Kevin Durant still has a left, he has a right, he has a hook, he, he has a sidestep, and on top of that, He's seven feet tall, a good rebounder, and has become, I don't want to say it out loud, but he's become a really good defender as he got as he's gotten older and some of the shot blocks he's had. I just love right. the one line he gave, and I love the line that he gave out to, you know, when he was playing out west, and uh, and it was, I think Patrick Beverly was guarding him, and Pat Beverly, you know, always wants to get up and bully people around and get into their body and try to intimidate them. Kevin Durant scored on them and kept scoring on them. And Kevin Durant, finally reporters were talking to him. He said, told the reporters, you, 
you guys know who I am, don't you? I'm, I'm Kevin Durant. <laughs> and Pat Bell later on, and with the Pat Bell later on, and Pat Bell said, you, you heard what he said. He's Kevin Durant. <laughs> so players know players. Right. Trust me, I still know that this dude right now has a lot in the tank. And for Brad, I'm telling you, I, you, you, you don't, my blessings don't count that all. But boy, I, I sure would love for you to swing for the fences.